Hey friends, welcome back to the Pulpit to Pew podcast and our journey through the Bible. We are now in 1 Samuel. Let's get started. Hey again and welcome back. We are anchored down in a brand new book, the book of 1 Samuel. I love this book. I love First and Second Samuel. Last year, you guys heard me teach a lot on this book because I was teaching through and even writing through. I think when I first started writing on the newsletter, the email newsletter, I was writing about David and his life. And that's kind of when it kick-started everything about, what was that, two years ago or so? 94 newsletters ago. And... Now here we are studying it as we're reading through the Bible. Hope you're enjoying it. We're, we've read through, we're actually just getting to the David part, the beginning of David part, but we've been reading through Samuel. Let me just give you a few historical facts. Let me pull my little book up here. And uh, let's just talk for a second about the, some historical facts about it. Who wrote the book of 1 Samuel? And we could this could apply to 2 Samuel as well. We'll get there later. But uh, many believe it is somewhat debated. It's not debated. It's not like people sit around all day and debate who wrote Samuel. But if you were at Bible college and they're talking about it, one of three names are going to come up. Probably Samuel wrote the majority of it, but then Nathan and a guy named Gad may have written some of it. But uh, Samuel Nathan uh, definitely probably wrote the majority of it. This book covers about 150 years, but a lot is crammed into those 150 years. This audience, of course, is the nation of Israel, mainly those who lived under the reigns of David, under the reigns of Solomon. Um, the books were written by Israel, were read by Israel in those generations and the generations to follow. They wrote it to show, I think, the lineage of Jesus through David, but to show what there's a contrast here. There's the history of Israel, which is the narrative we've been following, but the contrast in a godly king that was God-fearing and a king that was very selfish, King Saul, and did not obey God. But this was a time of really seeing the introduction of a, a godly monarchy. We, if you, you've read early on in the book of Samuel, it wasn't necessarily God's design there was a theocracy. They were followed God, and Samuel was a judge. And But the people looked around at everybody else and said, we, we want to be like them. We want a king. And even Samuel came back and said, listen, you guys don't understand that your king, he's going to take your, your young men. He's going to make them soldiers. He's going to, he, there's going to be taxes. He's going to take your wives. I mean, it's just, and they still said, we want to be like everybody else. Give us a king. And as we were reading through this, we read it, the really the introduction of Saul. You'll notice we're almost, I mean, we, we still got some time with Saul, actually. He's going to spend a lot of time chasing David and stuff. So I think it's worth saying here. But notice how Saul was very humble at the beginning. And even Samuel acknowledges that. He had humble beginnings. He was He went to see the prophet. He he thought, well, I'm from a small tribe. There's no way I could be king. He was very humble. But unfortunately, his kingdom was stripped from him, or the lineage would be, because of his disobedience, because he didn't stay humble, but he became lifted up with pride. 
And I was reading in really a theme verse, if we were going to take a theme verse from this book, could be uh, in 1 Samuel chapter 13 and verse 13, it says, And Samuel said unto Saul, Thou hast done foolishly. Thou hast not kept the commandments of the Lord thy God, which he commanded thee. For now would the Lord have established thy kingdom upon Israel forever. But now thy kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought him a man after his own heart. That's going to be David on the sneak peek there. I think you know. The Lord hath commanded him to be captain over his people, because thou hast not kept that which the Lord commanded thee. Great two verses that really do summarize everything because they they show us that that the change in Saul from the humble Saul to the prideful Saul, from the obedient Saul to the disobedient Saul. And then it's going to drive the paranoia in Saul for the rest of this book, trying to figure out who is this next king. And then once he gets an idea that it's going to be David, trying to kill David, which is going to cover a lot of of this book and the beginnings of the next book. So a lot is jammed in here about Saul as we've been reading. But I skipped over, and I want to briefly say this. I wrote about it in the newsletter, which I encourage you to go to bradmcclure.org, give your email, and you'll get Monday newsletters. But I wrote about a godly name, a godly lady named Hannah. Her name means grace. That's what I kept wanting to get to. Her name means grace. And she was overlooked. And I've got to point this out. I wrote about it. But in case you don't read the newsletters, can I say this? Did you notice how foolish her husband was? Elkanah, if I remember right. I think last week I said his name wrong. But this week I hopefully got it right. Elkanah. But did you see in chapter 1 when he said to her, of course, Hannah was grieving. She didn't have any children. Elkanah had another wife, Penina, and she was having children, and she was even mocking Hannah. What a wicked woman, by the way. Mocking Hannah and, and, and all of this. And Hannah was just praying for, for a child, and she was broken over this. And her husband had the nerve to say, aren't I better? Isn't being with me better than having ten sons? Like, wow, buddy, read the room here. You, you are full of yourself, and that's probably not the best thing to say, but I thought that was sadly humorous, I guess. I should say humorous now. Back then, I would have been like, buddy, you you need to think before you speak. But Hannah was a godly lady. She had Samuel, and I kind of briefly went over Samuel as well. But I remember when I was teaching on this podcast a few years ago about David, I think it was then when I was leading, just kind of leading up to talking about David, I was talking about Samuel. And the more I studied Samuel, the more I thought, wow, I I love this guy Samuel. This this guy Samuel was a was a godly man. Now I knew that, but he's just he's he's kind of overlooked because he's in a book with with the first king Saul who ends up chasing was a bad guy, like a villain chasing David. David's a man after God's own heart. And so sometimes we can forget about Samuel. But read about Samuel. I know we've already read through it if you're kind of reading through with us. But take take a second, maybe double back and think about Samuel. Just a godly man from birth. But, but where did that stem from? He had a mom who prayed. He had a mom who made a commitment with her son. She dedicated her son to the Lord. Now, Samuel still had to make decisions. You know, you, we understand that as parents, we may pray for our children and we may, we may do all that we can. They still have to make choices.
But there's something to be said about a godly heritage. There's something to be said about a praying parent. And in my life, that I think I have parents and grandparents I know that prayed for me. And I'm trying to continue that in my with my own kids in our in their circumstances. Is um, especially given I would think for any family you would say this, but in my case now uh, with some of this out of my real realization of this being out of my control to some extent. It seems like every day in my walks I'm praying for my kids and praying that God would spare them, that God would show grace. That God would raise them up, my boys, to if it be His will, if it be His will, it doesn't have to be, but if it be His will, to be preachers, to, to for my kids to, to all love God with all their heart and to to walk in wisdom and grace, and it's just it's it's needed. And as I don't know why I'm getting off on this rabbit trail, but as we look at our society today, and what is being taught to our children. And what the influence of that our children are seeing that little children are even as children being told that you're maybe the opposite gender and all of the craziness that's out there that, that I could bash. But in this moment, what I'm saying it for is this, that ought to drive us as parents to our knees in prayer, dedicating our children to God and begging God to raise them up to be great leaders in the next generation. If the Lord tarries, we need young men and women that are going to carry the torch in the next generation, that are going to be burdened with the gospel. I think about our Romans series that I hope you're listening to on Sundays when Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. In, a, in the America that our kids are going to grow up in, it is going to take a lot to say to make that, that same statement that I'm not ashamed of the gospel. But I'm praying, my kids, and I'm assuming you're praying for your kids and grandkids, that God would raise up young men and women that are not ashamed of the gospel. All of that because Hannah prayed and dedicated her son, Samuel. And Samuel was used of God. He was the final judge. Was he perfect? No. But he was a godly, godly man that was an influential to his young Saul, even though Saul rebelled against that. He was influential in David's life, even though he was older. And Samuel made a difference for Israel. And he really helped them in a transitional time that could have been, could have been much, much worse. And so we've got Hannah that we've seen. We've seen Samuel. We've seen Saul. So far we've seen Saul. And for the most part, his humble stages, although he's already begun to commit the sins. And in our reading so far, he's already, I'm recording this a little bit early, but he's already began to disobey and he's not killed all of the Amalekites like he was supposed to. He's giving excuses. And now God is going to rip the kingdom away from his family. And it's a, it's a sad scene, but it just it's a reminder to us. What's the practical lesson here? You do the podcast for me. What's the practical lesson? The practical lesson on that in Saul's life is obedience. Obey what God says. And and when we don't obey what God says, it does have an effect on our children. Let's look at this application here. Hannah obeyed God, prayed for God's grace, prayed for God's miracle, and she had Samuel, who was used of God. Saul chose to disobey God. He had a good young man. He had a good young man's son named Jonathan. Jonathan. 
one of them. He had other children, but Jonathan. Jonathan was a godly man, but Saul's sin had an effect on Jonathan's future. He didn't become a king. Now, to Jonathan's wonderful credit, we haven't read much in Jonathan yet. He didn't complain about it. He stayed a godly young man. He stayed friends with David, even though his kingdom was ripped. But his future was changed because of his dad's decision. You see the influence of parents is where we're getting at here today in this lesson. There's an influence for the good and for the bad with us as parents. I'd much rather be that parent, and I'm not always, but I'd much rather be that parent that influences my children's future with the gospel, with with in prayer. You know, I think I I think because I'm 41, and probably because I'm recording this at like 10:30 at night, so I'm always more emotional at night. But but it, it, it isn't it crazy that and some of you are older and you're already. I mean, I say older, but I mean your your kids are much more grown maybe than even mine. But we're not. You're more than likely if everything goes normal, you're not going to be here to see the end of your kid's life. You're only here to see the first half, maybe. And so, in heaven, we don't know. It's always debated. I'm not going to get into it on this podcast. Can you see what's going on down here? I, to be honest, if you want to see which side I lean, I doubt it. Because I doubt in heaven we want to look down and see the sin of our family members. So I doubt it. So we may not know until they get to heaven the second half of their life. So what does that mean right now? How much are we investing now? Are we investing into them spiritually? Are we investing into them with our prayers, with our with our stories, with our with our talking? It should not be awkward to talk about spiritual things with your kids. And then, listen, I understand. Some of you may be listening to this, and you're like, if I would have heard that when my kids were seven or eight or five, then that would have made a difference. They're grown. I understand that, and and I'm not trying to add guilt to anything, but I would say this: whatever time you have left. Be a godly influence. Be a godly influence. And Hannah was to Samuel. And and, and uh, Saul wasn't to Jonathan. Although Jonathan made some good decisions. Because everyone is left to make their own decisions. But 1 Samuel. I got, I got it on some different tracks. I wouldn't plan on going. But 1 Samuel is a wonderful book. I love 1 and 2 Samuel. I think you are too. Are you gonna, um, I don't know. I haven't looked ahead. But you may find now more than ever, you're definitely going to find it at some points, you're going to find where the narrative, because we're following, remember, the chronological order. So there's going to be some times when it's going to skip over to Psalms. Well, why? Because I'm going chronologically, and we're reading chronologically in our reading plan on version, And so sometimes it's going to be talking about a time period of David's life, and here's what he wrote in that time period. Sometimes it's going to skip over to First Kings. Well, why? Mainly, maybe the maybe in the Second Samuel more, but it's because it's the life of David, and David is also talked about in First Kings. And so, some of this now you're going to start to see it in the chronological order. You're going to see some other places come in. Definitely, when we get into First and Second Kings, you're going to see some of the prophets come in because the prophets prophesied during the time of these kings. I'll get into more of that in a future date. But now's more than ever. Buckle in. Watch where we are. You're going to see the chronological thing work out. You're going to see the kingdom of Israel established. A lot of good stuff's coming your way. You've made it through the tough part. If you're listening to this, you've passed day 100. You've made it through some of the difficult... I'm not saying it's bad passages. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying they're bad books about 
Just some of the difficult ones. They've taken many good people out. You've made it through it. You're into 1st, 2nd Samuel. Stick with it. And I'm glad that you are. If you have any questions, never hesitate to reach out to me. Maybe some of those questions, the answers may come up on the podcast. So thank you so much for being a part of this. If you haven't subscribed to the newsletter yet, I usually try to write a little thing there on Monday about wherever we're reading. Make sure you go to bradmcclure.org and sign up for that. On Sundays, we're going through the book of Romans, another book that I love in the New Testament. And we're teaching on the doctrine and and we've been dealing with sin. And this week we're going to get into some about salvation and the basics of it. You say, I don't know how to leave someone to the Lord. You need to listen to this series. You say, I don't know much about the Christian life. You need to listen to this series. It is the theological book of the New Testament church, the book of Romans. And I'm posting that every Sunday. Hey, have a great week. We'll talk to you soon. <music>